Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 100 Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Jeremiah chapter 50 verses 1 through 7 The word that came to the Lord spoke concerning Babylon concerning the land of the Chaldeans by the prophet Jeremiah Declare among the nations and proclaim set up a banner and proclaim do not conceal it say Babylon is taken Bel is put to shame Merodach is dismayed her images are put to shame her idols are dismayed For out of the north a nation has come up against her. It shall make her land a desolation, and no one shall live in it. Both human beings and animals shall flee away. In those days and in that time, says the Lord, the people of Israel shall come, they and the people of Judah together. They shall come weeping as they seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion, with faces turned toward it, and they shall come and join themselves to the Lord by an everlasting covenant that will never be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray, turning them away on mountains. From mountain to hill they have gone. They have forgotten their fold. All who found them have devoured them, and their enemies have said, We are not guilty because they have sinned against the Lord, their true, the true pastor, the Lord, the hope of their ancestors. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 through 25. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls and will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with sighing, so that for that would be harmful to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be res- restored to you very soon. Now may the God of peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, Make you complete in everything good so that you may do his will, working among us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. I want you to know that your brother Timothy has been set free, and if he comes in time, he will be, he will be with me when I see you. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with all of you. Good morning and welcome to the 8th Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 100, Jeremiah 50, and Hebrews 13. Uh, And Before I jump into um, the interpretation, I want to say thank you for... Um, bearing with me, I'm back after a week 
um, helping out my partner while she's uh, a counselor at a, a summer camp for for her church. Um, I just wasn't able <clears throat> to record and watch the kids at the same time. Even at night, I I thought about trying to record one or two at night, but it <laughs> it just didn't work out. Um, but I'm happy to be back, and I really appreciate everybody's patience. Uh, this last week while I wasn't able to upload any episodes. Um, and this morning's is an an interesting one, especially Hebrews. Um, and Hebrews, I remember this the, the opening line of this passage. Um, I remember it from my own you know time in the military, which you can read about in Reborn on the 4th of July at Pew Pew Exchange. Um, and the line is, you know, obey your leader, submit to him. Um, don't, you know, basically, you know, don't make more trouble for yourself um, by making their job difficult. And I remember reading it, I was probably in a daily lectionary just like this morning, um, when I was applying to be a, a conscientious objector. And I had just moved units, so I didn't have, you know, any kind of history with them. And um, they were all, all the leadership was convinced that I was just trying to get out of the military and I found some loophole or something. Um, and, uh, I did eventually call IG on them cause they were ripping up leave requests and all kinds of other weird shit. Um, but before all that went south, I remember, you know, this line and thinking like, there's no reason to make it more difficult on anybody. <clears throat> um, because I had spent time, <clears throat> because I had spent time in a headquarters element before Iraq and before I got changed units. Um, I was familiar with the Army regulation system, and you know I'd read many of them, because that's what happens when you're bored as fuck on staff duty and everything else. Um, but I knew what the rules were, what that we all needed to obey, and I knew that they were not familiar with them and they weren't abiding by them. Um, but in the early days, at least... Um, you know, until they started, uh, uh, you know, with the retributions, but, um, I, I knew exactly what it would have looked like and how it could be, you know, kind of misconstrued as, you know, some elaborate attempt at whatever insubordination or whatever. Um, despite the fact that I was asking to remain in the unit and deploy, but that I couldn't carry a weapon or I wouldn't carry a weapon. Um, and this line stands in contrast to Acts 5.29, where Paul says openly in the public, we must obey God rather than men. Um, and I sometimes, um, reinterpret that as we must obey God rather than our commissioned officers. Um, but those commands do not always, um, contradict one another. Um, when they don't, we are to obey our leaders and submit to them. When they, when their commands do not contradict um, the law of God or, or the voice of God in your heart, um, Hebrews uh, is not written by Paul. Even the early church had their doubts. That's why it's put at the very end um, of uh, the letters. Hebrews. Some scholars think it was written by this uh, Roman Apollo. Um, who must have really known Judaism. Maybe he was a, 
a God-fearer, which is basically this Roman who would like hang out outside the synagogue and you know, kind of do a lot of the liturgical stuff, but not be circumcised and not sometimes not be bound by the the dietary restrictions. It's all voluntary, essentially. Um, they were called God-fearers. This is what Cornelius is referred to as in Acts 10. Um, but Apollo, um, you know, it's it wasn't written by Paul. If it was written by someone like Apollo, they've done a lot of work to understand this Jewish system. Um, David Moffat, who's a friend uh, from St. Andrews, one of the professors out there, he specializes in Hebrews and um, the kind of Hebrew system as it's kind of, especially in the New Testament as it comes out of the old. Anyway, um, you know, he's done all this work. And I remember going to um, uh, an academic event in the evening one time with um, N.T. Wright and David was in the audience and it was about the atonement. And on multiple occasions, N.T. Wright defers to David about like, am I getting this right about the atonement and the 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 Jewish system at the time and blah, blah, blah. Um, and Hebrews is really important because they get a lot of this stuff right. They've paid careful attention to um, the both the scripture and the practices in Judaism at the time. Um, one example that I've been going over with, going over recently, um, for God is a grunt in the sacrifice chapter, um, one is is that there's no, you know, John uses this language of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's a confusion of both Yom Kippur and Passover. There is no lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Um, the animal that takes away the sins of the world in Yom Kippur is the scapegoat. Um, and there's also God's goat, which is the slaughtered goat who takes the sins and is slaughtered, but there's also the scapegoat who carries away the sins of the people off into the wilderness. And there's some later traditions that have uh, have the goat pushed off the edge of a cliff, but the scripture is just, he goes away. The, the sin is carried away, deleted, you know, forgotten, done away with. And that's where we get this word scapegoat, um, this word, the Hebrew word azazel. Um, and John confuses this imagery. There's no lamb that takes away the, the Passover lamb. Um, could either be a, a sheep or a goat, but it doesn't carry away the sins of the world. Um, it protects, it spares the people of God from God's wrath. Um, and in Hebrews, when it talks about Passover, it talks about goats and bulls, which is what Scripture says. John doesn't seem to have read Scripture nearly as carefully as Hebrews. And so they, in Hebrews, whoever it is that's written it, um, and I can't remember exactly why they think it was a Roman who wrote it, um, but it's so impressive because they've clearly undergone a massive ideological shift from the Roman religion and worldview to the Jewish one. Um, Judaism was was respected in Rome because of its great age. Um, the Romans inherited and, and adapted the Greek pantheon because it was because it was old. They they um, their notion of religion and piety was such that um, if it had been around a long time, it was probably trustworthy. Um, you know, the gods of that system 
clearly had some power or some some authority. Um, and Judaism had existed for a few thousand years um, prior to um, you know the the common era, and so that was a big deal for them. Um, and so there's a whole lot of interest in Romans and Judaism, um, but they did not very frequently get into the kind of depth that the writer of Hebrews has. And I mention all this because clearly he's undergone some shift in divine authority from the Roman system to the Jewish system, from you know Zeus and Jupiter and uh, Mars and Aries and the rest to Yahweh, to one God. Um, and this obedience and this submission the, the nature of authority for Apollo or whoever's written Hebrews has radically changed. Obedience is still a principle, a, uh, a commitment or, or a characteristic that is expected both of Romans and of Jews. That obedience in and of itself is not bad, but the obedience to what has changed, Right? Um, for a Roman, you know, who under the imperial era, when the emperor was synonymous, maybe he wasn't a god, maybe he was, but certainly was synonymous with deity and uh, divine power. Um, it was, you know, to to disobey em- the emperor was to disobey one of the gods. Um, but in Judaism, there's a, a contrast between the way of the world and these oppressors and the way that God, the one God, interacts with them, um, how it can contradict. And when it contradicts, there's no question that you obey God rather than man, um, as Paul, or I'm sorry, Peter points out in Acts 5.29. But when they don't contradict, when they perhaps not align, but don't, you know, they aren't mutually exclusive, when you can obey both, do. And this is coming from a Roman who has been under both systems um, and who says, look, you know, these, these leaders don't make their job hard. You know, it would be harmful for you to piss them off um, and, and, you know, kind of make, give, make them have a hard day, a bad day. Um, but when they don't align, I don't think that Apollo or whoever wrote Hebrews would disagree with Acts 5 and what Peter said, um, but that we have to be careful in being able to identify when these two systems, Judaism and the world, when they conflict and when they're complementary. And it's not always going to be one or the other. It's going to change, and we have to be, we have to be as attentive to our own situation as Apollo was to the Old Testament scripture. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our governor, bless the leaders of our land, that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, 
and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.